Hey guys, Brandon Lewis here with the 10 Con Big 7 News Update. It is where we take all the news stories in Tennessee, most of which the liberal media won't even touch or tell you about, and we condense them to seven big ones, and we bring them to you so that you do not have to scour the liberal rags and uh, the left-leaning corporate media that hates everything that you stand for, but instead can get your news from a conservative perspective and know what to do and how to take action because if we educate but we do not uh, activate ourselves, if we do not get involved in the process, it is kind of pointless. Stories that we are going to be bringing to you today. We're going to hear about how uh, real conservatives, what few there are, up in Nashville begging Lee to quit acting like a Democrat on our Second Amendment rights. We're going to see if we can uh, perhaps reinstate some of your rights as a parent so that the state and the medical establishment can't do things to your kids that you don't want them to do. We're going to discuss how crime is on the rise on Tennessee campuses, putting armed guards and hardening the targets uh, in Tennessee to prevent mass shootings, prohibiting forced implicit bias training. For those of you who don't know that is, that's basically telling everyone they're racist, whether they know they are or not. And, of course, that you uh, should be ashamed of the color of your skin, which isn't racist. No, that's not racism. Just They, they just gave it a different name, but don't be confused. Uh, new Tennessee law bans colleges from requiring um, agreement with divisive academic concepts and a few other nuggets. Let's get right into these stories. But before we do, before we do, please do go follow us on the free speech platforms. We, we have not been turned down, uh, turned off, or threatened and those are Twitter, Gab, Getter, Truth, Rumble, and MeWe. And we do have some good news stories today. It's not always that we do. We have quite a few more. The percentage is usually like one out of seven, and we have to kind of hunt for that one uh, because all the corporate left-leaning money that flows into Nashville and the Cordell Hole building has completely corrupted uh, that place. But we have a few good ones. I would say the percentage is probably up around 50%, which is high for us. And do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and hit the subscribe button, hit the support button, and do leave us reviews. Do follow us anywhere you get your podcast, Tennessee Conservative News. On with the news. 60% of Tennessee third graders failed to meet proficiency on TCAP test. After spending the school year preparing their third grade students for high stakes state testing, and I don't know why they call it high stakes. I mean, I guess your kid could be your kid could be retained in third grade. It's not the end of the world. And if they can't read, they really need to be retained. Uh, our daughter did first grade over because I didn't think she was quite ready. Her mother didn't think she was quite ready. Nothing wrong with that. People act as if the whole world has uh, jumped off its axis and has begun to spin into the universe if their kid should repeat a grade. And I'm here to tell you that it's not so, and often it is very helpful. And I do not know why they call it high-stakes testing when there's not a single teacher or a single school that's likely going to experience any type of negative consequence for their poor performance. They should just call it low-stakes testing. School districts received raw scores from the TCAP reading last Friday afternoon. Those scores showed that 60% of third graders across the state failed to meet proficiency levels required to be promoted to the fourth grade. According to a Monday news release from the state, those numbers do still include students who may qualify for exemptions if they are English language learners, have a reading disability, or have already been retained in the past. Now, something I don't understand about this, I'll just be frank, 
if you are an English language learner, which means you can't speak English, can't read English, which means that we, it's likely all due to this flood of illegal immigrants that we have in our school systems that really sucks up resources, distracts teachers. Uh, why in the world, uh, if we are going to have to do this, which I don't think taxpayers should have to fund at all, we don't have a separate program for English language learners in a separate classroom so that they can have some kind of immersive treatment instead of sprinkling them throughout the school because of some kind of ridiculous federal or state law, which is really not to their benefit, I don't understand, have a reading disability or have already been retained in the past. What, what if, you, if you can't speak English, if, if you've already failed before, like we need to just give up on you, I don't really understand that. Districts then had to contact parents and notify them of the results and provide them with options. Students were given the chance to increase their scores uh, in a retake of the test. If scores do not increase, students will have to attend a summer learning camp. I can think of worse things to do. Where they will be tested again at the conclusion of the summer or they could opt for a year-long tutoring throughout the fourth grade. I bet most people opt for that. Governor Lee and outgoing Education Commissioner Penny Schwinn called this year's testing a success with an overall 40% proficiency rate and an almost 5% increase in last year's score. Imagine the business that could celebrate only 40% of their products being delivered. Imagine a service business that could celebrate, hey, we promised people we're going to deliver results, and we used to just do it 35% of the time, but buddy, now we're doing it 40%. Everybody break out the dawn pairing yawn. Talk about some low expectations. Senate Finance Ways and Means Chairman Bo Watson said the results demonstrate that our state literacy strategy is working. Well, we just came back from the pandemic. <laughs> and so I guess if you drag the kids all the way down to the bottom, you can see some kind of improvement, right? The highest performing school districts uh, was Germantown Municipal Schools with a 79.7% proficiency, and the lowest was the Achievement School District with only 10.12% uh, proficiency. Go to our website and see how each of Tennessee's 141 school districts perform. Next story. Conservative lawmakers urge Governor Lee to abandon plans for special session to enact constitutional red flags laws, unconstitutional rather, red flag laws. So far, Representative Todd Warner, Ed Butler, and Senator Janice Bowling have signed the letter upon the article's publication. I'm sure that we will have more conservative lawmakers sign this letter. House Majority Leader William Lambert said that Representative Ritchie's statement is absolutely does not speak for the entire House caucus. Of course it doesn't because you're a rhino, Mr. Lambert. Mr. Lambert, I will remind you, is the one who uh, sent the bill uh, to the committee this last session that would have allowed illegal aliens to become police officers. So he wanted illegal aliens to be able to police citizens of Tennessee that were here legally. That's you. Lambert said if our governor calls the legislature back into a special session to discuss any issue, the Republican caucus will certainly be ready, willing, and able to debate the best way forward for our state, just as we have done in five previous special sessions. We will continue to defend and preserve civil rights while ensuring every community is safer than it is today. Meanwhile, House Democrat Caucus Chairman John Ray Clemens stated his caucus is ready to get to work. Of course they are. Of course the Democrats are with Lee. Strange bedfellows on gun control. Clements said Tennessee overwhelmingly uh, support gun safety laws to better protect our children and communities and want legislative action. Democrats agree and stand by to get ready to work. 
As usual, the only thing standing in the way of public safety is the Republican supermajority. Resolutions from at least 10 county GOP groups and county commissions have been put forth to oppose the governor's proposal and red flag or ERPO legislation. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of when we went to those medical freedom special sessions where everyone's constitutional rights were being trampled by the governor, people like William Lambert and um, Randy McNally and Cameron Sexton just stood behind Bill Lee's coattails as if they were not a separate branch of government and let it all happen and did not represent any of their districts for years on end. And then it took a handful of conservative legislators and senators to come out and simply say what your average Republican primary voter was thinking, which is we need to get back to normal. We need to restore the constitutional rights of all Tennesseans and quit giving in to fear and government bureaucrats and Democrats and rhinos and the corporate medical establishment, and so they got dragged there. And I think what we will see with this attempt by Governor Lee, the only three times Governor Lee has called a special session, or two times, making sure I'm not forgetting anything. One was to give billions of dollars to woke Ford Motor Company for the Green New Deal. Interestingly enough, their electrical uh, division at Ford Motor Company is just bleeding billions. I'm sure that's going to be a real good investment for Tennessee, and we'll probably pour all that money into it. They'll give it a rip for a little while, file bankruptcy, ask for the government to bail them out. And meanwhile, the Tennessee taxpayers will have footed the bill that's the only time, and then the second time was to take away your gun rights. <laughs> so take away gun rights and corporate welfare. That's the only time Bill Lee could ever get motivated enough to want to call a special session. Really amazing. It's a testament. It's pretty much snap, a snapshot of his entire career, if you ask me. All right, guys, if you want to reach Tennessee's most conservative audience, the largest audience, in the state of Tennessee, of people that actually keep up and know what's going on and at the same time help us stay around and keep the lights on and pay our fantastic reporters and pay our fantastic staff, the best way you can do that, aside from supporting us directly, is to advertise. We have lots of advertising options in our podcast, social media, e-newsletter, live reads, you name it, we will find an advertising package that fits you. Text broadcast, email broadcast, we're here to put together a plan to promote your candidacy, your next conservative event, whatever it is that you're trying to do, we can be there to help. Do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and hit that advertise button, or you can email news at TennesseeConservativeNews.com, and that will go directly to our competent and uh, fantastic and hardworking media coordinator, Mr. Jason Vaughn, the guy who is behind the scenes making all this happen. I'm just a talking head, and the head's not even that pretty. So <laughs> do email Jason News at TennesseeConservativeNews.com for all the details. Moving on to the next story. Tennessee governor signs parental rights bill counteracting mature minor doctrine. Governor Lee signed a bill last week that counteracts, uh, counteracts rather Tennessee's mature minor doctrine the Mature Minor Doctrine Clarification Act, sponsored by Representative John Reagan and Senator Janice Bowling, requires that health care providers obtain informed consent from a parent or legal guardian before providing vaccination to a minor. It was amazing how the pharmaceutical lobby 
that funds so many of the rhinos up in Nashville have gotten themselves uh, just completely entrenched into the, the government schools where the government schools have become uh, basically salesmen for the vaccination industry. It's amazing. Uh, where they, they promote it, they push it in daycares, they push it in schools, they push it everywhere. I mean, I wish I could get the government to sell my services at taxpayer expense, but apparently only a few industries get that privilege, and one of those is the vaccine lobby. And so this new law also uh, prohibits employees, agents of the state, such as the Tennessee Department of Children's Services, from mandating that minors in state custody receive the vaccines. Biological parents of children in foster care must give consent before their children can receive those uh, while in state custody. However, DCS may petition the court to be allowed to provide them. I'm certain they will. Because if there's one thing you can count on, it's the government to do whatever the corporate medical establishment tells them because... You know, they're getting the kickbacks, they're getting the pack checks, they're funding the lobbyists, they're greasing the tracks of the politicians' ambitions. So look out for that to be a fight in the courts. Next story. Crime is up on Tennessee college campuses from 2021 to 2022, but still down significantly from 2019. Every year, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation compiles all the criminal statistics and information and reports that occurred specifically on college campuses in Tennessee and releases a report. This year's report conveyed an increase in overall crime by 26.28%. That's a big number. From 2021 to 2022. From 2020 to 2021, there were 3,745 total reports of incidents that led to criminal charges. In comparison from 2022 to 23, there were only 1,000 more total coming in at the final tally of 4,729. That is a total increase of 26%. However, the numbers are slightly lower than the high reported in 2019, which were 5721 offenses reported. Largest percentages of the crimes committed were due to incidents of theft and assault. About 27% of all these offenses were due to theft or larceny, and assaults were up nearly 30%. Uh, the most serious crimes in 2022, there were two murders, along with five kidnappings and 20 rapes. Mm, that's unfortunate to report in that period. There were no explanations given by law enforcement as to why there was an increase in overall crime. A link to the entire report can be found on our website, TennesseeConservativeNews.com. All right, guys, listen. I don't have my props, but props to you <laughs> who do give to the Tennessee Conservative. Um, I got a chance to speak at Calvary Chapel, which is my church, uh, and got uh, to host Gary uh, and Andrea, his beautiful wife, uh, and lovely children for two days at Casa de Lewis here uh, at the house. Uh, if you want to, you can stay here for several thousand dollars and actually sit in the chair that Gumble that Gumble <laughs> that Gary Humble sat in. It's kind of like sleeping at the uh, the lodge uh, that George Washington stayed. You know, Gary Humble stayed here. Uh, you can come here, uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, I spoke at Calvary Chapel. And Gary came over to the house, which was lots of fun, and we went to Rock City and uh, had a few good meals and just got to, got to experience one another's company, uh, got to get his, to know his wife a lot better and his kids a lot better, just have some darling children, and our kids had a great time. Ruby and Luke just played and played and played. They're both almost the exact same age. Um, and as I was there, uh, one thing that I talked to conservatives about at that event, uh, one thing that they could do to make a big, huge difference in government in Tennessee 
is to budget time and money to do things that are actually effective. And one of those things is, is, is to give. I mean, you should be setting aside X amount of dollars every month to support conservative causes, candidates, organizations. It doesn't have to be mine. But, buddy, I always tell people, I can tell if you're a conservative or not by looking at your checkbook. You show me your checkbook. You show me your online statement. If there's no money going to anything like that, it's a problem. You know why? Because the left-leaning corporations and the liberals pump money into the political process all day long. Our candidates, even at the presidential level, are consistently underfunded. And that's because conservative Christians set it home with their wallets. So guys, do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com, and if you give any amount, we will send you a, a proud, no, we're going to send you a Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker. I don't have my props. We will send you a uh, uh, Don't Feed the Rhinos bumper sticker uh, if you give any amount, along with a directory of all of your critters that are up in Nashville uh, those that are changing around a little bit with the Tennessee 2 and Scotty Campbell, it's a little bit in flux, but we update that puppy. We update that puppy as, as they go in and out uh, based upon various uh, ethics complaints and poor behavior, uh, which, uh, you know, but they're trying to cover that up with old Campbell, so that's good. Maybe we could just gloss over all that stuff. Uh, but if you give $50 or more, or if you give a $10 recurring donation or more, we'll also send you this proud uh, Tennessee conservative tumbler. No, it's actually now a... Stop feeding the rhinos, Tumblr, and we will send you a proud Tennessee conservative koozie. Boy, it sure is a lot easier to do this with props, but I think Jason is putting the images up there, so hopefully that will help you. Next story. Governor Lee allocates $140 million to put an armed guard in every school, but there aren't enough officers to go around. Maybe we could get some illegal aliens to do these jobs, Mr. William Lambert. The past session. The state legislature approved Governor Bill Lee's $230 million inclusion for school-related safety in his budget. $140 million of that is allocated to place full-time school resource officers in every one of the 1,863 public schools statewide. Additionally, there are $30 million assigned to place a Homeland Security agent in every county to assist in the endeavor of making Tennessee schools safer. The funds will become accessible uh, for use on July 1st. When the new budget of the legislation goes into effect, the issue is that there are police shortages statewide and city, county, and state agencies alike. Probably has nothing to do, nothing to do uh, with telling everyone uh, that the police are terrible and that we need to defund them and, um, and to throw rick, uh, rocks and bricks at them or to disparage the profession. Probably has nothing to do with that. That probably has nothing to do with the, uh, with the shortage we have of officers now. The largest shortfalls are among... Uh, Memphis and Nashville, as you might imagine. The more Democrats there are in an area that hate the police, the less attractive it is to police in those areas. The Metro Nashville Police Department is the biggest uh, police department in Middle Tennessee, authorized uh, for 1,558 officers. The department is currently at 1,384, but officials say there are 65 currently in the training pipeline. The Davidson County Sheriff's Office is authorized uh, for 454 and is down to 127. Oh, my goodness. Down 127, not down to 127. That's still a big number. Metro Nashville Public Schools has 158 campuses and uh, works with uh, the MNPD to place an officer on those campuses, uh, mostly at middle and high schools. About 38 officers are in rotation to cover those schools, unlike some other counties that have a dedicated officer on every campus, like Williamson County. The Nashville Public School System does not have a dedicated officer assigned to any specific campuses. Other counties have no SRO on any of their campuses, so instead they have hired a security 
at the expense of the district. Hamilton County uses this option as their county sheriff's department has indicated they don't have the resources to hire enough officers to just cover all the other general public safety priorities, let alone enough resources for all of Hamilton County's 79 schools. Next story. Tennessee's governor, the staunch conservative, Lee signs legislation prohibiting forced implicit bias training for Tennessee teachers and protects teachers' rights to refuse to use students' preferred pronouns. This is a twofer. Last week, Governor Lee signed two bills designed to protect the rights of teachers in Tennessee, a bill sponsored by Representative Jason Zachary and Senator Todd Gardenhire prevents Tennessee school employees from being forced to participate in implicit bias training, which basically means where they set you in a room and tell you how racist you are. It's almost like a re-education camp. If you think you're racist, you're racist. If you don't think you're racist, you're definitely racist. And the, the racism that is in you is part of your DNA, and it is in the air you breathe, and it is behind every bush. And somebody needs to have a job teaching this garbage, so we're going to make you go through it. A bill, sponsored by, a bill rather sponsored by Representative Jason Zachary and Senator Todd Gardenhire prevents Tennessee school employees from being forced to participate in this implicit bias training. This new uh, law prohibits the state's Local education agency, public charter schools, public institutions of higher education, and the State Board of Education and the Department of Education from requiring educators, faculty members, and or employees to complete implicit bias training. To be clear, this is the type of training that goes hand-in-hand with the narrative behind critical race theory and pushes concepts like white fragility and white privilege. So it's like you're privileged if you're white, and if you get offended by it, you're fragile. I would love to be the person that comes up with this garbage. What are the terms we could come up with? Look, there's no way out, right? It's the catch-22 philosophy. A second bill sponsored by Representative Mark Cochran and Senator Paul Rose protects teachers' rights to choose not to refer to students by their preferred pronouns in place of the pronouns that match the student's biological gender. This legislation will keep teachers from facing civil lawsuits if they choose to refer to students only by the pronouns that align with the student's assigned sex at birth. It also stipulates that teachers... Employment cannot be adversely affected by that decision. The new laws went into effect immediately upon receiving Governor Lee's signature final story. New Tennessee law bans colleges from requiring agreement with divisive academic concepts. A new Tennessee law forbids public higher education from requiring allegiance to divisive concepts, including some tenets of diversity, equity, and inclusion. The legislation becomes binding July 1st. We will see if this puppy gets enforced. Representative John Reagan, who sponsored the bill, said that it should produce uh, results encompassed in its title, the Tennessee Higher Education Freedom of Expression and Transparency Act. That is to say, the act buttresses freedom of expression in our state-supported college campuses' educational environments, Reagan said. The bill's summary names 16 divisive concepts colleges cannot enforce, and they may include sex or race or stereotyping or scapegoating. Skate? Scapegoating. Say that five times fast. The concepts include an individual's uh, should not be discriminated against because of the individual's race or sex, as if you should have to say that. The United States is fundamentally and irredeemably racist or sexist, and the rule of law does not exist. When the law goes into effect, colleges um, uh, compel students, faculty, staff to support academic ideologies on systematic racism, white supremacy, or other concepts. That means public colleges can't require diversity statements in hiring. Legislation also establishes a complaint system for employees and students to file a report if they believe their university is violating the law. We will see how that goes. Additionally, campus groups would not have the power to veto 
other groups or their speakers. Representative Reagan said the impact of this bill is that it keeps colleges about advancing knowledge, uh, not about advancing political or social agendas. Woo! We got through that, didn't we? If you hear noises, that is the uh, washing machine running. That is Ruby Doobie uh, playing with, with toys up in her room, which is right over here, uh, and the grandfather clock. So thank you for suffering through the low-quality audio, and the lighting's a little dark in here too, which is, you know, you got a face like mine. That's probably what you want. Well, guys, I appreciate you being here. Uh, to reiterate, I really did enjoy spending time with the folks at Calvary Chapel. It was quite fun. Enjoyed spending time this weekend with the Humbles. Um, it, it was a, a race. Felt like I've just been pushed and pulled and shoved, and the old, the old schedule has been full, full of stuff to do. Fun stuff, things I enjoy, but, you know, old Uncle Brandon's got to make a dollar every once in a while, and I get distracted from that by doing the things I love like this, which makes negative dollars, which is very unfortunate. But it is the way that things go. What are we doing this weekend? I know that is why you are here. That is the only reason you are here. Most of you probably fast forward to this part. I don't blame you. So tomorrow or Saturday, I am going to hot foot it down to ye olde Jekyll Island, uh, Georgia, during the pandemic. We were already going to St. Simons. We were already staying in Georgia State Parks. We were already uh, visiting Jekyll Island long before the scandemic happened. But uh, Brian Kemp, who I think did a fantastic job as governor, at keeping that state open, gave me a place to go for my gym, for my restaurants, for my hiking, for my biking, uh, for leisure, when everybody else had lost their minds. And so we continue to go down there, and it is a fun time. We stay in a, a little place that is just right off the beach. It's a lot less expensive than a lot of places in Florida, and I think it is a lot more beautiful because they have kept St. Simon's, uh, or not St. Simon's, they've kept Jekyll Island, a lot more primitive in places. So it's just beautiful to see an undeveloped island, uh, lots of bike riding down there, lots of history. Um, not the largest selection of restaurants, but we can always go across the bridge to St. Simon's, which we will do. We're going to go eat at the Georgia Sea Grill, one of my favorite places. Uh, I like, you know, old-fashioned fine dining, like white tablecloth. The waiters are dressed up. The people are dressed up. Somebody's tickling the ivories over in the corner. That means playing the piano for those of you born before, you know, 1965 or after 1965. And uh, we like to go down there. Uh, and I'm going down there with a buddy of mine who's an attorney who I have known for 20-some-odd years here. Um, he is a fantastic fellow. He's even, you know, he's been there with, with me uh, and for me through thick and thin and his uh, beautiful wife and his uh, fantastic children. So we're going to be headed down there uh, for a vacation. I'm sure I will have to work a little bit. I always do. That is the joy of being self-employed. You're never really off, and when you don't work, you don't, you don't eat. So you just kind of go without for a week because if you're not putting it in, you won't get it out. So we're going to go down there, and I'm going to uh, play some cornhole. Uh, they have a little gym there, which I enjoy. I, I work out more when I'm on vacation than when I'm at home because I actually enjoy it. Um, ride around the bicycles, go eat eat some stuff, play in the sand. Um, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Watch the sun come up, watch the sun go down. 
drink a glass of wine, watch the ocean. Uh, it's going to be a good time. I think the uh, I think the weather's going to be nice, and there is a water park down there, and I think I'm going to go there during the week when it's not as crowded. So that's what I got going on. Let's talk about some things in the future here. September 23rd, I am hosting a candidates training in place of the Tennessee Freedom Summit, and it will be Chattan- it will be in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We will probably have a welcome reception, but I'm not 100% sure yet. But September 23rd, candidate training will be in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Never thought I would be doing this again, but yet here I am. Because nobody else is doing it. It's kind of like running this newspaper. Nobody else is doing it. Somebody's got to do it. I guess it's got to be me. You will also be seeing, in short order, an email that I'm going to compile uh, called the Let's Go Brandon Tour. I don't know if we're going to call it that. Probably not. Uh, The Let's Go Brandon Tour. Uh, where I am going to be in Middle East and uh, even West. First time I've ever been out there for the Tennessee Conservative, West Tennessee. And I'll be sending those details out shortly so that if you want to come see little old me, and I do mean little old me, uh, you can see me, and I will be out there. Uh, It is easier to find a different audience than it is to write a new speech, or so I've been told. (laughs) So I gave my my talk uh, at Calvary. And I'm going to do that uh, everywhere I can. I'm, I'm about out of, of dates. I'm not going to go anywhere else. I've already done more than I probably should because I like to enjoy my summers because my winters are super-duper tough between the legislative session being in uh, and my busy season and my consulting business. They both overlap almost identically, which just makes winter rough. Rough. So hopefully I can get some help this winter, and it won't be as rough as it was last winter, but I say that every year. All right, guys, love you, mean it. Um, all, all the best from the Lewis family. I appreciate everything you do. Thank you uh, for the kind words. Thank you for uh, the outpouring of support and your prayers. Uh, we really need it. Do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. Hit that support button. Do something small. Do something monthly. It really, really helps. Guys, I won't be here next week. I've got to have somebody fill in for me. I've done this to you, I think, two times in four weeks. But this is the only time of year I can go travel and be with the old family. And uh, now we're about to be out of school this Friday. Oh, I forgot. Uh, tomorrow is the last day of school, which is Friday. I'm recording this on Thursday, and I'm going to a school play. So I left that out. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing, right? Uh, good time. And I, I did just recently do field day, uh, which was a field day. It was lots of fun. And uh, so we're at the end of the year activities for school. And I tell you what, Sylvia is excited Uh and so am I to not have so much structure and to maybe sleep in a little bit more and to stay up a little later here at Casa de Lewis. Guys, I appreciate you. Love you. Mean it. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks from now, and I'm hoping I can send out a recording of that talk that we did uh, at Calvary. So uh, maybe that will make up for my absence, I hope. I hope, I hope. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative. TenCon Big 7. See you next time. Bye-bye.